Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. Welcome to Growing Up Fire, Season 3. Today we've got Kirsten here with us, and everybody knows she's so pumped, you should see her face. <laughs> Matt Slimmons here, the training officer at Chestmere. Platoon Chief Paquette. Also, you should be sitting by Kirsten because you guys look so happy, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Brad's here from, uh, what are you What are you now, D-Shift? D-Shift, yeah. D-Shift guy, he's here. How's, how's things, Brad? It's going well. It's going well. Yeah. You, you were like talking in little baby whispers, and now you're like, an <laughs> you're not. I got to project. <laughs> <laughs> and Austin, Austin's here. All arms crossed, mad, angry, bandaged up from his uh, day. It's all going to be okay, Austin. We're going to be okay. You happy to be here? Absolutely. Chief. You look happier than Kirsten, but less happy than Brad. <laughs> what did you do to yourself? Sort of. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a horrible way. This is an open <laughs> space. No? So this is kind of a motley crew, probably, is what people are thinking. But uh, this is, we all met up at FDIC. So uh, the four Chesmere guys got to go. And uh, we met up with them. Kirsten and I came across from Nova Scotia and met up with everybody and got to, so I was like, I think our third time to FDIC. Your third turn, my second. Okay, three for me, two for her, and then Austin, this was your first time? First mm-hmm. first time for me as well. Your first time. First time for you, and? This was my third time. No third big time. deal. Yeah. He's in the opening ceremonies He's presentation, a, no right? big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did I see him playing the bagpipes? I thought he was playing the bagpipes at one point. Yep. Nope, that wasn't me. <laughs> He's running next to Bobby or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just excited. Yeah. So definitely, uh, yeah, Matt, you were kind of like one of the tour guides, cheerleaders, right? Limping around. Yeah, I wish I was able to keep up with everybody. Yeah, no kidding. That was a rough one. So. You did pretty good. It was, yeah, for a guy that had his leg kind of broke off there in the wintertime. <laughs> Do you want to tell us how you broke your leg while we're on the podcast here? And- yeah. So there was this nice fun day. We were out skiing, and uh, I had to go and ruin it by going over my boots and breaking my tib-fib, and I remember calling the chief from... Uh, Texted them first, then I called them. Say, I'm just on the way to the hospital. I'm going to be checked out. I broke my leg. And it's pretty bad. I, I still think you were on a fentanyl lollipop or something there, the way those texts yep. were coming across. But. I had one Advil, one Tyler. That's all I had. <laughs> it was a big one, though, like this time. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so you were just healing up from that. I think maybe, what were you, third, fourth month from healing up from that, and you're trying to keep up with us at FDIC, so... Yeah, people told me I should have brought my scooter, and I was like, no, I'm going to tough it out, I'm going to be fine. I really should have brought my scooter. You brought your scooter. There's <laughs> plenty of scooters there. Right? Yeah, it would have been a lot more fun for us <laughs> if you just brought your scooter. Yeah. A lot of scooters there. So. We're lucky that you and Austin didn't end up like him when he got true. back. So. It's very true. For anyone that's been to FDIC, you know what we're talking about. There's all those electric scooters around. Brent and Austin may still be wanted. 
in Indianapolis. So uh, <laughs> if uh, they are, just let us know. You can reach out on our socials. There. <laughs> but uh, it's too far. The police won't get you from yeah. here, boys. You're yeah. okay. If you out around them that night, that's all that matters. <laughs> Scooter them. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that one night when the old PC had a few wobbly pops, I heard you were out there scooting around too. I was just following them. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure they were behaving. And yeah. When they went right, you ran from the cops left, so they didn't chase No, you they were good that night. <laughs> oh, they were good. We'll get to that, though. We'll get to <laughs> I'm that. sure we will. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. I, I kind of felt bad because I was like the hype up man, right? Me and uh, Slim in there, we were talking about FDIC and how awesome it is and you got to go. And then I got there and I was kind of like the killjoy. It wasn't my favorite one of all times, but... For you guys, still first timers, right? It's a uh, it's a big deal. It's fun to be there and do some stuff. So, but first, in true growing up fire fashion, everyone has heard their story of how they got in the fire service, especially Kirsten's. Married in. Yeah, married in. <laughs> so I just will she get the divorce out or just marry in? How does it work? Oh, exactly? I, I'm staying far from that question. Uh, <laughs> there will be no divorces. There will be no divorces. Be one of us will die and the other one will get to stay. That's what will happen first. Yeah. <laughs> You just got to carry everything on. I just wanted to get that recording so that if I ever go missing, everyone knows what happened. So uh, the question is always, how did you get into the fire service, Matt? So you got to share that with uh, everybody. Whenever I get asked this question, there's two things that come to mind. The first thing that comes to mind is watching my neighbor's uh, dairy barn burn down. I remember being a little kid standing next door and kind of standing at the glass. I couldn't stop staring at the glass and just watching this fire kind of take everything down. The volunteer fire department coming and actually getting to come by and watching my dad back a truck into a burning barn to try and save a piece of equipment and help get cows out. That was my first experience into it because I got to see the firefighters actually go and try and put it out and try and save the day, make something pretty bad better. And then the next was when I was in high school, I got to see uh, one of my teachers leave. It was a spare. So the teacher left because a pager went off. Then some guys that were in the junior firefighter program got to leave high school. And I was like, you get to leave school because there's a fire? This is the money, eh? <laughs> Where do I sign up? This is uh, like, how do I get involved? How do I do this? But even after that, it still took me a couple years to get in to join. So that was really nice. And that was about 2002. I kind of got in, started volunteering and been loving it every day ever since. Nice. We'll have to put a warning in there so people turn it off so their kids don't hear that part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I know a few firefighters that probably use that excuse. Maybe some sitting at this table at this given second to get out of school and yeah. <laughs> Keep looking away, Austin. <laughs> so okay, so that's good. So the seeing the big fire obviously impacted you at a young age and then being able to skip school legally yep. was the next one. I like it. That's good. Good stuff. All right, so we're gonna go to Brant. We're gonna start with Brant because you got to go to some pretty cool classroom sessions while yep. you were at FDIC. So kind of give us a rundown. What, what did you go to? What did you see? What was awesome? For sure. Well, the experience in general was absolutely incredible. It was a once in a lifetime trip for me. So very grateful I got to go, but the hots were awesome. The first two days of hands-on training, we did the I was the first on fire behavior, modern flashover stuff. And then in the afternoon, did advanced vehicle education, which was very cool. Just the way you can set up scenarios because they had so many cars and all the equipment to manipulate it the way that they wanted. And you're just taught by top class people that know their stuff. 
And then the second day was a vent enter search down dirty with a bunch of people from Indianapolis and their training grounds were absolutely phenomenal. It was just wicked to get through a ton of different sets that you've trained on before, but kind of learn some new stuff and from guys that obviously do it yeah. <laughs> for real. There's, there's a few people that don't know a few things. Eh? Exactly. <laughs> and then the afternoon was a man versus machine. And that was pretty cool too with all the props. It's just one of those things that it's super difficult to train on if you don't have that stuff. And people that know what they're doing again, right? People from New York that obviously run into this thing all the time. And then I get a lot of grief, especially from one person at this table here about we went to a uh, cadaver lab and that was like, <laughs> he was like, why are you doing that? You guys are weird. And, you know, I'll admit it was super weird, but it was also pretty incredible at the same time to see how things work and have a surgeon talk stuff over with you and, yeah, run through kind of a scenario of resuscitation in real terms with seeing the physiology and the anatomy. Yeah, and the anatomy, like right in front of you. So that was I remember crazy. in season two, Ryan talking about that and saying, like, it was just one of the most amazing classes to go to. It was worth it, it for sure. It's a little bit scary and a little <laughs> bit creepy and it's a little bit definitely weird. You know, but when you hear the story about how those people signed up for that education piece and mm-hmm. how respected the bodies are and how they take care of them and how at the end they have a big funeral and have the families back, and that is, you know, it's, uh, we get to see that stuff all the time. But in like scary chaos situations where we're trying to, you never get to actually just, oh, that's that and that's that, right? If you do this career long enough, you end up seeing a bunch of those organs on the outside of the body, but in the worst possible conditions. So to actually be able to talk about that, like you say, with a surgeon is is super cool. Austin, you got to go to that one too, didn't you? Yeah, I was standing right beside Brand. We're definitely way out of our wheelhouse for oh, yeah, sure. For sure. Um, they're kind of going around the table asking like what's your experience and your your medical background it's like oh yeah we're just first aiders and just checking this out here but most of them are like advanced care paramedics oh, and stuff yeah. like that flight medics like, like, flight surgery yeah, the way over. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. did an emergency amputation last week and you guys are like did cpr on a mannequin <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh no it was a really cool experience to like brown was saying like the biology and how everything works and like to physically actually like touch like body parts of like this does this and if you feel this you can feel like a stint in the heart and stuff and how that kind of all works so it was pretty mind-blowing yeah definitely wanted to have your latex gloves on and mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah <laughs> not the greatest one to be hung over at either no yeah fyi for, FYI next year, for anyone maybe <laughs> don't be hung over every day Every day, I was in great shape. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, your wife's not going to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So that that was the courses that you went to, and for me, what like the funnest part was to watch how excited you were at the end of every day, right? And so it's fun to talk to you guys till like midnight. Then it wasn't as much fun, but before (laughs) that, it was fun to talk to you guys and see the excitement. And so, Kirsten, I'll roll you in here because you were with me every night as we talked to these guys. You've been there a few times now, and you've seen how excited people get. What's the best part of talking to someone that's never been before? Well, I just remember how overwhelming it was for me the first time I was there. And the first time I went, I was there with Ryan, and one day you were busy doing things, and I was trying to keep up with him. And I kind of felt that you guys were in the same boat as I was the first time, right? Like there's just so much to suck in and you don't even know where to start. 
And to get to see that on your guys' face was pretty cool for me because that that is exactly how I felt last year. And to be honest, I was still a little overwhelmed this year, but at least this year I knew there were certain things I wanted to look at and other things that maybe didn't care so much about, right? So it's pretty neat to see. For me, it's always cool to roll up on Paquette Day. Mr. Cool there is just like, yeah, this, <laughs> this isn't, to, you know, it's okay. This isn't that great. And then he would go see something that he was just like, hey, have you been over there and saw that thing? He was just like, yeah. Even the great Brent Paquette gets excited once in a while. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> you know, one thing that I think, I think I asked you all to go, to me, that Waylon, the Wayland experience when they were talking about the, is it called core technology or whatever it was? I think it's something like that anyways. It's, it's core. Is it core, core where system, all the yeah. lights synced up and like I thought I was going to have a seizure in there and then all of a sudden it synced up and the lights went lower and they showed you, you know, what you can actually really do with the lights, which has been cool and we're going to try to implement that in some of our trucks and I feel like that was the only time that I was super like jacked up. I was running around trying to get people to get in there and see that and right. So there's other cool things, but that was one that like blew my mind and, and I wanted everyone to get in there and see that. Me too. Yeah, you like that. That one was too? probably my favorite thing. I think I went in it twice. I only got one hat, but I went in it twice just because it's You only got one hat. <laughs> well I didn't there's need like a second three one. Here, so. <laughs> That's right. you have one well here. you talked me into going to that one too and I was just like, what did they tell me to come in here for? I was getting a headache from the flashing lights and then it just synced and then everything worked. And I'm like, Oh. Then my night vision came back, my lights, my eyes and everything came back. I lost my headache. Everything was fixed. I went, now I get it. Now I get it. Yeah, it's weird that they can do that in a tent and really get you. And you, you could look around and people were like, you know, it's not that interesting. And it's and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is super interesting. Like, I really get this, right? All right, that's cool. Um, Austin, which things did you go to? Did you go to all the things that Brant went? Because he's the designated adult? We switched it out. <laughs> Sweet. Got different experiences. <laughs> yeah, we kind of broke up the classes. He went to four four-hour classes and my two days were just eight hours of two different ones. So the first day was fire tactics for limited staffing. And it was pretty neat. It was all the boys from the East Coast there, FDNY and New Jersey, and they broke us into six different stations and they talked about anything from salvage and overhaul, talking about knee walls. I never knew what a knee wall was until I figured, well, went through the training props. So that was interesting. And then like stretching hose lines to uh, red stuff, firefighter education, CPR stuff like just all the stations brought something new to the table just when you think you're so comfy in your little small town here and you go down there it's just like whoa just your mind's blown yeah so there, there's those excitement pieces right one I got to remember is when the tiller finally came an old scooter there saw the tiller and old got scooter. all jacked up with his cheerleader uh motions there so what why don't you tell us about the exciting tiller and all the other things you saw there Matt? <laughs> All the exciting things. <laughs> this Remember is one of the first time. He's a training officer, so yeah. be prepared for it. Yeah, well, speaking of that, I was actually the <laughs> the chief was the one that's like, no, you will go to the trade show. And I'm like, I actually yelled at these guys to stay out of the trade show. I want you in class. So he's the boss. So we had to make sure we all went to the trade show. And I was kind of like, all right, well, what are we going to do in here? Then I got exposed to the trucks, exposed to a few of the ones which I usually walk past because they're just a pipe dream. And then when the tiller got exposed to us, I was like, well, this is still a pipe dream. This will never happen. We're not going to have it. You don't see a lot of these in Western Canada. Then you start realizing the price of the aerials, or they're not that far apart. The turning radius is pretty impressive. The equipment you can carry is there. 
the what we need for our jurisdiction, our response zone, everything is right there. So then it starts to go, maybe this is possible. Next thing you know, as soon as the walls of possibility came down, then it's tailor time all the way. <laughs> I, uh, I've been sending him pictures. I was just in San Francisco last week, so I sent him pictures of a tiller and a red floor. I'm like, see, it fits. Everything works. <laughs> the color scheme is there. This tiller's there. I'm in. I asked some of the guys. It's a senior firefighter of San Francisco. I actually asked if he can get me the contact information for San Francisco Fire Training Division so I can get a... Uh, Tiller course kind of ready to go, so I'm yes. already kind of set up. Yes. It's tiller time. It's tiller time. Oh, God. That, that was so funny for me because we can't remember like two weeks before we went, we were looking at all these uh, planning documents, right? So in our our small city, everything's growing like crazy and there's so many dead ends and there's... And so I'm just going off about this, right? It's like, you know, how are we going to manage all these pieces and all this new housing that's coming in? And I don't know who said it first, but we were both thinking it and next thing you know, we're talking about a tiller and would it work here and why does nobody use it and and all of those things you remember that conversation oh, i completely remember that conversation <laughs> so it was fun to be there like two weeks later let's just say or whatever it was we're right into the uh the tillers so what did you think when we were looking at it all the, the truck specifically yeah well there's a bunch right when and it sucks in a way because now i look at it from a little i don't look at i look at it from operationally but i look at it from a budget line as well and talking about right in this many years we need to replace a truck and it's going to take this many years to get a new truck and all of a sudden when you hear how long it's going to take to get a truck nowadays you realize that we need to get on this sooner than later but to replace our current truck is three and a half million right to replace it with something like that is 2.5 and you're like okay sure it's cheaper but it's not going to do the job that we need and then when all of a sudden you realize the licensing for it is what it is and you're like okay so that's no longer a problem for us and then you talk about well it doesn't hold enough water and it's like well this truck in front of you holds 500 gallons and it's like okay well that holds more than our current truck so that's not <laughs> and then we talk about the weight of it and it's like well it's actually 15,000 pounds lighter than your current truck and it's like okay well that's good for our infrastructure and it's 2.5 million not 3.5 so all those things come into play and all of a sudden you realize that this is something we I was continuously kind of going back to that conversation that you and I were having chief about what our cities looks like and our tight areas and where we got to get into and you know then you start asking yourself the question of okay why is nobody else using this and I'm not about just because someone else isn't or is doing something of why we should do it it's what's do the right thing at the right time for the right reasons and that we start looking at those different options and then they bring over their tiller specialist and start talking you're like I don't know why anyone else isn't looking at this like this so it would be interesting and there's still lots to look at and still lots of decisions to be made but it's an impressive truck when you look at it on all the different levels. I think we always get mad when people say 100 years of tradition unimpeded by change but I don't know maybe the tiller talk is actually that exact saying right it's so it's uh, cool when you start to talk about the different things. And so that's just one aspect, right? We were looking at SCBA and we were looking at the gear and we were looking at all these pieces, right? Nobody say PFOS around Matt, whatever you do, because you'll go off on it. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, we're having all these discussions about all these different things that impact the fire service. And you're in this place where 33,000 other firefighters are looking at the same thing and doing the same thing. And it starts to be pretty amazing. 
So Matt, I want to go back to you. Which things did you go to? So you're the training officer with a busted up leg. Yeah. So you would have went to some different kinds of training. What did you see over there? Well, I started off with my two hands-on in my classroom sessions with the mindset of I didn't know if my injury was going to be healed enough to be there in time. So I had to be careful in what I picked. But that's the great thing about FDIC is you can you can find tabletop classrooms. You can find classrooms. You can find hands-on training where you're exhausted at the end of the day. You can find everything. So I took the training officer's graduate school program where it starts to introduce you into different types of learning, different aspects, how to be a better training officer. And I took the IFSI instructor development workshop, which they did marry up together quite a bit. They were kind of nice, but I can't go to Indianapolis and get something that's not hands-on training. So I tried to evaluate what would be enough for my leg to handle and then uh, be able to be physically to do it. And I took elevator rescue because of course, why wouldn't you climb stairs and be on the top of elevator cars and near cables, so. Uh, it immediately seems like the least uh, yeah. part on your leg. Hey, uh, <laughs> at least once you're up moving, you're not moving too far, the car is only so big. <laughs> but it was a really, really interesting course and to be taught by a guy that literally wrote the program for some departments by New York, uh, Dragonetti. Mm. He's a really fascinating person to talk to and you start to learn that you have 17,000 elevators in an eight square mile area and that the elevator is a uh, one of the most common forms of travel for people to get from point A to B that is possible it's out there because how many people use an elevator every day so so it's kind of fascinating and to take all that knowledge and then just combine it into one spot where we would use it here most of the stuff I see is less than six stories hydraulic elevators so so some of these bigger ones and cables you learn how to stop it how to break it how to do whatever but you know what? I wanted to take away what I see more than anything and to make sure we can keep our guys safe. And there's lots of takeaways, lots and lots. That's awesome. Just reminds me of being over in, was it Saskatchewan where the elevator didn't work every single day? And where she kept saying, we're gonna get stuck in this elevator. Of course, I was hoping that would happen. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> we would have had to call Slimmon. Oh yeah. You did, wouldn't did have had try. to call anybody because I would have found a way out. <laughs> <laughs> Just sneaky out of there, right? So that's a good one. Paquette, you took some different ones though too, again. So you were like, you're like this rogue outrider that's going to take these other courses. <laughs> you took all the courses no one wanted. Right? Uh, no, maybe. It was just one of those I needed to look at of where my position is and in the service and what would best benefit the service for me to take. So my first one was extrication techniques on new electric V and plug-in hybrids. And that was very mind opening of a lot of different things and different and things that we've always done in the past that necessarily won't work anymore. The way that the new tools are overcoming certain things, uh, the way the metals and everything are being used and what kind of metals they're using and why they're using what they're doing. So I learned a lot about that. Then my second one was EV and hybrid vehicle fires since we're all worried about these batteries and the big worry about it so I thought it was probably really good for us to be in that because it's not if we have one of these it's when because of how many that we have around here in southern Alberta it was really really interesting to everything that I learned out of both of those two courses because they did marry up quite well but I left with a sense of relief I was I didn't leave scared so that was made me very happy that I wasn't scared of electric vehicles anymore or plug-in hybrids or 
So did that one, and then uh, I did one that I was really kind of looking forward to, which tells me that I'm moving up in my career, because it was uh, how to deal with difficult people and their impacts on the organization. Um, Stop staring at Austin. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Austin. Wow. Um, it, was, it was really good, the instructor. When he starts off his story of how he got into it, I was just like, oh, wow, I'm, this is way more than what I need for this course. But uh, it was it was really good. Um, helped me understand a lot of things and just to see the different ways that they went through it. And then the last one was is I did some elevator stuff as well because in a past life I installed elevators. So that was more of just for me to check to see how many changes there's been since I was in that industry. And, That's when um, was like 12. Yeah, pretty much. And um, I was going to say, I didn't know that about you. I went with, uh, actually I had Austin beside me in that one, so there was a bunch of things that I was, you do this, and I was throwing other things to him in that, so I think it was very beneficial since we have quite a few elevators here. Yeah, it's funny that we didn't have that many, but there's getting to be more and more, and they're building another seven apartment buildings that all have elevators here coming up. and. So it gets bigger and better. To me, one of the things about FDIC and having so many of us there together at the same time that was cool was to, we have so many challenges coming up, right? So many different things. The, you know, the city's growing 2,000, 2,500 people a year, which doesn't sound like a lot if you live in Toronto, but here in Chestermere where we're, you know, 22, 23,000 people, that's a lot. It's, uh, you start to think about all the things that we have to figure out and all the things that we have to purchase for equipment and trucks and buildings and all of those things. So... When it comes to training, I want you each to think about it for a second and tell me, I want to know what was the best. You only get to pick one. There's no ties, right? What was the very best training that you took at FDIC? So we'll make Matt go first because he's a training guy. He's supposed to be able to just answer this. My best answer that comes right away with what's the, the best element there is the networking opportunities. Locally in, in Canada that we have, I don't know, I had lunch with a guy from Canada, but then one day I had lunch besides somebody that was from Buffalo, New York, and it wasn't even minutes later, and they're emailing me information, they're sharing stuff. So all the courses and training, they're all fantastic. Yeah, you have a few duds and a few classrooms that you hit, but the people you sit beside, the instructor you met and shook hands with after everything, the networking there is just, like there's more than 30,000 firefighters that are there. If you don't maximize that opportunity to shake someone's hand and say hi and basically reach out and try and find out what else they can do and what else we can get. That's my best answer is just that networking potential is, is unbelievable. Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. We're going to go with Austin next because he looks panicked here. <laughs> like you didn't think of an answer yet. So. No, I thought of one. Yeah, what's, I your, one. what's your best? What, yeah. what is the best? Uh, I want to say the firefighter red stuff. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff that came out of that. Different techniques to remove firefighters from obviously chaotic environments uh, when 
stuff hits the fan, more specifically the firefighter CPR. We always kind of take for granted like nothing's going to happen to us until it does and then we're completely unprepared for it. But to kind of take that training evolution and then bring it back here and to kind of have those discussions on like, what does it look like when one of us has a cardiac event? We get him out of the house, then what? We just pass them off to the paramedics and hope for the best. Their trauma shooters aren't going to get through that. So to go through the training of specifically down dressing a firefighter to get all that stuff off right down to their uniform and then pass them over EMS was, you only need three people and it takes 45 seconds. So I took a lot from that. No big deal, Brant. All you got to do is beat that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the advanced vehicle extrication for me, just because the, the scenarios were more unique. Like we just would have a really hard time setting up the same thing here. We have a loader, we get a car in every once in a while, maybe two cars you could kind of smush together, but it's just not the same kind of almost like recreating full accidents and putting them in situations where you're like actually have to think your way out of it and have a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and work through every single part of it. And have instructors there that are yeah. forcing you to go to those different exactly, things. Exactly, yeah. That, uh, at that advanced extrication, were you able to pick whatever tool you wanted? Like everyone yep. was set up there. Yep. There was Hearst, Amicus, DNT, El Matro, all of the yep. all the big names were there, right? Eh? Yeah. That's awesome. Love that. Brent, you're next. I could easily just say electric vehicle stuff, but that would be too easy. I'm going to go with the training that you do yourself in the trade show. And when I say that, like, you know, you go look at a product and I look at it from an operational standpoint of what we're putting on our trucks for standardization um, and what's there. And there was certain things that all of us needed to make sure that we we're hitting and looking at, right? So there's a new product that's released and I go look at this new product and it's a strut product. And I wore out a pathway between that one and what we're currently using. I, as soon as I looked at this and I was like, well, okay, well, what about that? And I'd walk back over to the other one and I'd look at theirs. You're and allowed then, to say home metro and Paris. Yeah, I went back and forth. Yeah, it's your, I'm allowed to say that. I ran, did a pathway between home metro and Paratech. I was back and forth so many times between both of those booths, asking questions and back and forth and just looking at what we need to do moving forward and how I can make life easier for my firefighters with using new things that are coming out and the way that we should lean and that was I think probably the biggest thing that I would say for the training portion of it because even the new truck that we've just ordered right like that whaling or whaling system is in that brand new command truck that we just ordered so like that's going forward just those things that you see there that it's immediate impact like we've we were there a couple months not even ago and we're already putting things in place that we saw there because we know it's the best thing for our people yeah the trade show is always amazing like doesn't matter how many times you go there's new products right there's new people to talk to you that it's kind of crazy when you're down there and so kirsten you know you're in the fire family no doubt you're you're there you help with the evaluations now and you're seeing dozens of different fire departments every year. When you go to the trade show, right, what did you see there that you thought, man, this is cool. I, I wish I saw more people had this or used this. Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is I know that there's tons of gear out there because I see it at every fire hall, but 
I did not know there was so many different kinds of gear. And with each set or with each company that sells them, there's a number of varieties in between that you can get. And so that was kind of something that I knew there was lots because I, I mean, we see it when we do our evals, but I didn't realize it was quite that extent. But I still have to say, like, for me, something that I think every fire hall should have, every fire department, every emergency service, every ambulance police is Waylon. Sorry, but like that for me was... Sorry, federal signal. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know the other ones. I haven't seen their stuff, but I remember coming on, you know, that accident scene when we were driving through... Mooseman. Mooseman, and it was blinding, and you couldn't you couldn't see anything. We, I mean, we just about were in the middle of it before we realized we were there, and then you go and see that stuff, and you realize how much better it could be for every first responder, right? No, it is. And, and I think that's what you do. Like when you're walking around there, you see all of these different things that impact our lives, right? So you look at it as a firefighter, you look at it as a chief, you look at it as a trainer, you know, you look at it as somebody that's involved in the in the fire service in a different way like you, Kirsten. And we all look at it in a different way and for products that are different. It's fun to have the conversations with the people. It's fun to go there and you can challenge people you know, in a different kind of way. Like your salesman shows up, maybe he knows something about it, maybe he doesn't, maybe he's just selling stuff. When you go to FDIC, like the best people for that product are there, right? I remember going up to the seat booth and I'm ready to light those guys up about the seat camera and how come it's not 90 degrees and why is the screen so small? And the first thing the guy says to me, like, did you see our new camera? It's 90 <laughs> degrees now and has a bigger screen. It's like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was just coming here to light you guys up about this and here's the better model, right? Like here, everybody, you've been listening to people and you've made improvements. And, and so to me, I, I think that's always fun. So Brent, what did you like, which booth in the trade show did you think, man, this is crazy? I guess just with my portfolio, I enjoyed the SCBA stuff and like how it's going to interact with radios and how we're going to implement that so radio nerd radio nerd yeah. so, <laughs> so just to have a look between the difference in msa and scott and what they got kind of coming out it was it's pretty neat the bone oh, induction and, yeah. yeah bone induction technology in a mask where you're like sounds like it's coming from inside your brain and you're like whoa <laughs> god <laughs> oh no it's the chief <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> even worse <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool and, and again with the new radios we have you you were able to you know say this model works with this model and and uh, I do remember you talking about that see I didn't like totally drown you out when you talked about it I did, I did hear you somewhat somewhat Austin uh, I think everybody knows but the trucks I I stepped floor in that trade room and I didn't know where to start and I was just like okay well Austin like fire truck. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Truly. Flashy, flashy red. Do you have a twenty-six trucks. foot ladder? <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was the trucks, just to kind of go through every truck, anything from rescues to engines to aerials, and just seeing what is new out there with our fleet. It's starting to age a little bit, so to kind of see how you mount equipment and like even the little corridors that you have in trucks and stuff like that, and to maximize the potential of essentially our, our truck. 
It was, it was fun, eh? Like a few times we went and did the, we went and looked at all the rescues there, and then yeah. we went and looked at all the ladder trucks, and it was fun to have a group of people there. We're, we all like very different things, but uh, it was fun to kind of watch it come together and go, well, that makes sense if we have one of those and we have one of those, and you know, someone would say, well, we should get this little six foot by six foot room behind the cab, and someone else, me, would say, that's stupid, we're not doing that, and then, you know, 25 minutes later, I'm in there with somebody else, we're talking about, yeah, this will be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> So it was fun to, uh, you know, one, to have your mind open up and two, to have the chance for people to talk you into or out of some of the different things that you were looking at. So it was pretty fun to watch you scurry around there and try and look at every truck. And I couldn't keep up to them. It was a bit weird when we had to tell you to stop licking them, but uh, we didn't get that done. It was like following Ryan all over again. Yeah, exactly. The year before, he was running around doing the same thing. He was. Just face on the truck, both hands. I love this one. <laughs> Does it come in red and black? <laughs> the same. You got you to gotta put a bell on that kid. I almost put one on his backpack. It's, it's, I saw a good trick on Facebook that we'll use another time when we go, and someone just took a long string with a, a helium balloon and they tied it. Down <laughs> then they could find her wherever she went and target. Like, so I wish we would have had that. We could have a little blow up fireman and tied it off to Austin. Yeah. There he is. Go get him. No, I can't tell you how many times I walked around the the teller just like oh look at this oh look at this oh look at this yeah we know yeah. <laughs> it is it's crazy all right matt you're next i loved when brent would take me to the equipment booths and show me this and take me the comparison ones i love that but one of my personal uh, favorite booths uh, was uh actually the microblaze booth just because the microblaze booth had a uh, a member that does something with the foam manufacturing so a guy that was working there was jeff and he oh, was in the... Uh, I blame myself. This is a PFOS lecture. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Of all the booths, we'll he chose We'll foam. see you back in 10 yeah, minutes. Foam. Foam. <laughs> but then he was with the Dr. Uh, Graham Peasley with this presentation. So it was great just to have a segue and get a new contact on, you know, like, is this foam good for us, especially with Chestamere in the air of water all the time? I think you got to be a little smart in our, our foam usage and what we're going to choose and what's is the future. Look somewhere? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, so it's close by. That's what I'm here anyway. <laughs> All of those things that were there is just great for that contact information because uh, now I can find that. So, yeah, everyone's making fun of me because this is going to go to PFOS, but I love it's it. A, so, it, yeah, it's, a, it's good to be passionate about something. He asked. He did ask. Yeah, I brought it up. I got yeah. There's no one to blame. Sorry, everyone. I already said sorry. But. <laughs> All right, Brent. What was your favorite one? You know, I think it's going to be. We were, we were just talking about the inlets that we had on our current aerial and what we need to do. And I was over talking with Task Force Tips about what they've got for some different things. And um, that right away they were just, oh, I have exactly what you're talking about over on this truck. So walk right over to that truck. And that's exactly pretty much what I want is sitting on that truck and then us discussing it. And then them saying, well, hey, um, we'll get your rep and get this person over here and introduce you so you actually know who they are. And then when they say, hey, I'm going to give you a phone call and we're going to set up a time for us to come meet with you, it's like, okay, great, right? And we'll look at your truck and we'll get this done. And not only did they call, email us, come meet up, it was now we're going to come the next day as well. We're going to bring all this stuff and we're going to do some training with your guys. Like, just that there, a full crew was out there with different nozzles and different flows and using our own nozzles and comparing and just 
that just kind of knocked it out of the park when I can go down there and meet somebody just off of talking about an inlet that I want and I have a whole shift that gets some input and gets some training. And it is fun, like you, you talked a little bit about that, being able to compare, right? So it's a, you can listen to them and you can look at all the stuff and then you can run down to the next place and look at their stuff and hear them talk about it and ask them questions and sort, I mean, they all think their stuff's the best, that's why they're selling it, that's why they're there, but it makes it really easy to start to compare product A to product B to product C. And I think that that's always my fun piece, I guess, right? And when you get down there, no one really knows you. So it's not your salespeople from your neck of the woods. And it's not, you're not hurting anyone's feelings when you ask the hard questions or you get in a bit of an argument. And I was with the rescue IntelliTech guy and we we're going on and on. Our brand of SCBA, Dragger, is not allowed to be washed in that because they won't do the testing. They're not finished all that. So all the rest of the SCBA can be washed and ours still can't. And I'm just giving it to this guy. and. And he's just like, yeah, we're working with them and we're going to get it done. And, and then it's like, oh, well, we have one. And he's like, there's only like four in Canada and you have one? Like, what are you doing here giving me the gears then? I was like, well, it's, it's awesome. We can't wait to use it. And we use it for other things, but we can't use it for what we bought it for yet. And so it was cool to have that discussion. And then by the time I got home, there was already an email from Dragger talking about when it'll be done and how they're working on it. And, and then a follow-up from Rescue Intellitech saying, hey, we, we want to do this. And, and so I agree, it's cool to have that follow-up and that background, but it's also cool to be there and just you know kind of give it to everybody, right? Um, for me, it's I, I get to record a bunch of podcasts, I get to see a bunch of people, we get to network, like everyone's kind of starting to talk about and you build up that, you know, the first time I went, I met two people that I knew. You know, I think the first time I went, there was 39,000 firefighters kind of pre-COVID and uh, two people that I knew. This time I went and there, you're just running into hundreds and hundreds of people that you know. And so that networking really starts to build and work and, and you start to see more people that you know. So to me, that's always like a pretty cool piece. Uh, then we went over to the stadium, and I think we got to talk about the stadium. I know that I was disappointed, right, because it, it was way different than other years that I'd been there, and the fire hall of the future. The fire hall of the past. Yeah, yeah the fire hall of the past was there. <laughs> that, well, those doors were cool. Yeah. That's probably right? a good but thing about it. So they really tricked you into going all the way down there and all the way to the... There's no way that anyone was thinking that's the fire hall of the future, but I understand the concept, and I think they'll build off it and make it better, and I hope they will and do all that kind of stuff. Plus it was cool, I was way down in there, right in the fire hall, and there's a guy walking around with a gun on his hip. Yeah. I was like, what is that guy doing in here, right? <laughs> Welcome to the USA. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the guy from Rescue Me that looked like he was suicidal there listening to everyone's stories at the kitchen table. <laughs> and There was some funny stuff to see there and be like, that guy hates his job. He's been hired to sit here and listen to firemen stories for like seven days now. There's not one fireman story that he ever wants to hear again, right? But So a lot of good ideas that maybe didn't turn out, but while you're in there, you do get to see there was some cool stuff, right? And so I think of the first time I ever went, there was a 60-foot boat in there that was going to like Miami or something. It's like, look, it's a ship. It's not a boat. It's this massive ship in there, right? And so and I was missing that. The first time I ever went there was like all these ladder trucks. You go in there and there's like 10 or 12 ladder trucks stick up, you know, and, and uh, miss that. But we did get to see some other cool stuff that was going on in there. But uh, so outside, there was cool stuff. The stadium, there was some cool stuff. Austin, what do you got that you saw either outside or in the stadium that stuck in your mind? For the people that never been before and wondering if they should go. Oh boy. 
I think that just the experience on its own and just kind of what T.O. Slim was saying, just like networking, but also like talking to just firefighter to firefighter, just like about like the the same kind of hardships we kind of go through and different experiences, different training, but like to kind of have a have a beverage over that too and to kind of share that a beverage a one. beverage <laughs> you and Brant were like lost one. puppy removal <laughs> team man. every time I saw you guys you had some of their new firefighter hanging around with you that you met over at beer just making friends you know yeah, yeah making that friends networking yeah how to make friends and influence people by Brant and Austin <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Budweiser I <laughs> <laughs> like Brant's case <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, just to share stories, experiences, and then to kind of be there for the same cause. And it's bigger than yourself was the biggest wow, thing. Wow, that rings true, eh? Mm-hmm. The fire service is much bigger than the one you work in and much Very bigger much so. than you yourself, for sure. Brent, what did you see out there? Uh, we haven't touched on the opening ceremonies. I thought that was mm-hmm. especially cool, and I think this year in particular, just because of the Bobby Halton. To Bobby Halton and yeah. everything behind it. And I had never seen him speak before, actually. And they had their video montage of everything, all his good stuff, and just, like, blew me away. So it was pretty – you could feel how emotionally charged the entire room was. And it was just a powerful moment to be a part of with all these other people. So For sure. Just fire service icon, yeah. right? Like, just – when you, when you think of all the things we learn and hear and say and, you know, how many of those things touched his ears and came out of his mouth before the rest of us got them, right? Yeah. That is pretty cool stuff. It's not, uh, I don't think there had been too much. There's not a level that would have been too much, right? It's It was cool to, every day, everywhere you went, it was kind of uh, remembering him and all that he put into it, which is, is cool for sure. Brent? I think the thing that struck me off guard the most was I wasn't ready for seeing billboards of firefighters eight stories high like <laughs> that, that was weird to me right like doing this profession for quite a few years and that's the first time that I've ever been anywhere that no, no matter where you went there was this giant thing plastered on a building and then seeing that there's lots of times it was probably the best thing you can do to recharge yourself and be like yes okay I do love this profession all the political stuff that you need to deal with you got to let go of at times and that reassurance that everyone else all those services have the same problems like you're sorry we're not unique you're not unique we all have the same problems and then when you're in these classrooms everyone's picked this class and that there was you know I kind of felt bad watching certain people getting turned away because they didn't sign up for HOTS and like oh well we're just hoping that there's one more seat left in there and it's like no this is sold out and it's because these many people are worried about the same problem that you're going to this for because you're worried about it. So to go to that and for myself for that one, you know, just the electric vehicle stuff of coming out of there no longer worried. I think because you don't know what you don't know. But coming out of that, I was doing the big, okay, like we can handle this. Like it's not gonna be the fun thing in the world to handle and it's right, definitely things we need to be concerned about, but we've got this, right? We can do it. So I think going there and hearing what everyone else is going on, understanding that you're not alone, and then realizing that you do have the tools and the skills to do it after you've talked to some of these incredible instructors. Amen. Yeah, awesome. 
Matt? All set. It's tough to follow, but it's your turn, so. Well, the great thing about me getting to go last out of this group is I get to kind of see what they went with and kind of build off of it. My best answer that I have with this and FDIC and how to capture it all is just the full immersion. The full immersion of everything. So like I was going to a class of art of no-go, go-no-go, learning about tactics or it's leadership. Then the pipes and drums band is playing, going down the street. There's a montage to Bobby Halton. Then I walk by the fire department coffee guys and firefighter Fenton and Jason Patton. They're just there. They take a picture. They ask me what my job is. It's just that full immersion in the service that is just unbelievable. It's kind of like what Brent was saying. If you don't go there and feel rejuvenated or rejuvenated, reinvigorated, I get a shot in the arm, I feel for you because that place is just dripping with it. It just is so motivating just even being there, whether it's the billboards, whether it's the classes, whether it's anything. It just, you get so charged and jazzed about the job that every time you come back, you know, I was away from the family, obviously, for the week and wanted to make sure everybody was there and healthy and happy. And I was so excited to get back to work, <laughs> get back to the job, get back to doing everything. It was fun. It, it is. You get back and I can so many times around the kitchen table in the morning, I would listen to everybody talking about, uh, you know, what they saw. And because we all work in different shifts at different times doing different jobs here, uh, it was fun to see each group kind of. Right, Brant would be doing an overtime shift, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, you went to FDIC. How was that?" And, and to see how it, you know, how he explains it to everybody, uh, and then you know Austin and, and you guys. So to me, it's fun. It's fun to get back. You have a big stack of literature. You have a bunch of free stuff you picked up that everyone's trying to grab and, and take home and and uh, ask you a million questions. So that whole experience, you know, you're walking down the street, and every direction you look, there's hundreds of firefighters. You go to a bar at night. And it's so packed, there's so many hundreds or thousands of firefighters you can't even get in, right? You go for lunch and you look around and everybody's got a shirt, a hat, a, you know, a sweater that uh, it's all firefighter, 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 right? It was so cool, man. Like we ran into so many people that were like, we love this week. We love it when all the firefighters come and everyone's so friendly and there's not a bunch of fights and they didn't say there's not a bunch of drunks, luckily, but <laughs> they, uh, you know, they're, nobody's angry, nobody's mad. It's just a bunch of people that are out there having a great time, doing a great uh, bunch of stuff. We were lucky. We got to go, Brent and uh, Kirsten and I went with some other folks we met there and we got to go to the War Memorial the war museum that they have there. So that was pretty cool. Something different, get away from FDIC for a minute. And they had like an Apache helicopter right inside the museum. And did you guys walk over? Yeah, and we like there. After I talked to them <laughs> oh, about yeah. it, they're like, we, we talked to them. Yeah, we've got a two hour window. Let's go hit it real quick. Yeah. So they ran oh. over and looked. And it's free, right? They just walk yeah, in. Yeah, that was crazy. You could check it all out. And so wide open. It, uh, yeah, you know, that was fun. And we got to invite it to some different suppers and do some different things. And we went to some suppers ourselves, right? So that's always fun, a fun experience. People would say, hashtag always training, hashtag always learning. And then I got a few friends that like to throw in hashtag always eating because <laughs> I'm always talking about the cool restaurants that we get to go to, all the places. And I don't think that this one disappointed, right? We went to that cool German restaurant with the commercial <laughs> Pierce people. Brian probably doesn't want to talk about that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a highlight. What are you talking about? <laughs> we got to go to the Mexican place that, that was just incredible food and uh, kind of a good time. So the first one was Brant having a really good time letting go a little bit. And the, the Mexican place was Slim and was just starting to 
old scooter started to get loose there and started to rip, so that was fun. So there I was. <laughs> Just walking down the street. <laughs> hey, uh, you gotta let your hair down every once in a while. <laughs> so, but it's fun, right? It's fun to talk about where we're gonna go and what we're gonna do and you know, drink the local beers and, and just have some fun. And everyone else there is just having that same fun, right? Doesn't matter who picks you up or drops you off or who you run into, everyone's just having a good time being a firefighter. So that being said, I want to pick favorite restaurant. I want I want you to think about the favorite meal that you had there. And you might not remember the name of the place. It could just be the favorite meal. I remember. The uh, okay, Brian can go first because he was the first one ready. Uh, it was that Italian place, Boca Boca de Pepe or whatever it's called. Like it was right by the hotel. Just like ungodly servings and genius barely over here decides that he's gonna try and dummy this lasagna by himself that was literally a log that was like an entire foot long and he's like Family i got size, this and i was like okay bud <laughs> slap the hands together i gotta watch this i don't even think you made it halfway through uh, it was just dude like oh everyone God. else helped you get past that <laughs> no that was no, not they, you they, on they, your they own they shaved from the other side <laughs> but the food was phenomenal so it Very was cool. there. And there's just the it's restaurant had so much history to it. Mm -hmm. There's like photos and everything all over the place. Yeah, it's a death there. trap though. Yeah, I couldn't get out of there when I went to leave. I couldn't <laughs> turn my way oh, out. Yeah, was there was a fire in there, God yeah. forbid. Yeah. That's okay. As long as it's full of firefighters, we'll be <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. I don't think we would have <laughs> <laughs> Moving pretty slow after leaving that place. Nice. Matt, you going next? I think I just have to go with that Mexican place because the the atmosphere, the food that we had, it was just it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed. So, I like did you get, eat anything? <laughs> <laughs> the fish tacos and uh, yeah, it was good. Everyone kept feeding me their leftovers on the side when they weren't done. So, like I needed that. Old scooter put on the pounds when he was uh, off hurt. So, Austin, how about you? I know what he's gonna say. It's just like this restaurant. They wear like orange shorts. Yeah, don't say something. <laughs> the food wasn't good there. Brant. <laughs> food was terrible. I, you stole Kirsten's anyway. She was going to say Hooters for sure. Oh, nice people there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'd have to say a Italian restaurant too. I'm going to I'm gonna ditto Brant. Yeah? Yep. Lots of history there. And no, yeah, that lasagna. I was sitting pretty heavy the next day. So <laughs> I, nice. Yeah. All right, Pat. I'm gonna snag the Weber Grill then. If no one else is saying the Weber yeah. Grill, I'm definitely saying that because I ended up actually going there twice. So yeah, by far I'll. Oh, you went twice. That was good. Yeah, you went with all, the I went with all these guys after. So. Oh, you well, left, so sorry. Yeah, well, it's no big deal, right? I, I get it. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, chief is lonely, bro. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten, how were you? What did you like? Hooters was already taken. <laughs> you know, I I am like a. I like to go and have a good pulled pork sandwich, and I have to say the one at Weber's was probably one of the best ones I've had in a long time. So, yeah. Nice. There's lots of good restaurants there, though, because everywhere I go, I like them all. But Being that I wasn't incredibly drunk at the German restaurant, I'm going to oh. go with, what, what did I have there? I can't remember. Roladen. Roladen, which is a, a favorite for me. Mm. Right? And it was really good there. It was very good. This, I, Brant took two of my pieces and ate them when he was drunk. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really good. The food was good. Uh, the atmosphere, right? It was, we got invited by the truck manufacturers there kind of last minute. And 
snuck us in and uh, treated us like a million bucks and answered a ton of questions that we had and and it was just fun to talk to them and and those beers maybe were a bit big <laughs> not for brands they're right? perfect size <laughs> like three <laughs> beers in a stein times how many did you drink Rand? four four yeah right? four so full steins yeah and every you were a champion after every one you just kind of leaned over behind me just <laughs> so it's you know, it's a good a thing it was so loud in there nobody yeah. could tell what Those you were, were doing awesome i did it for a reason <laughs> and it was a very good reason i think personally good <laughs> tell them tell <laughs> the people we should love to know <laughs> yeah why did you drink so much beer so we uh had a little bet going that if i was able to finish all these four old pc paquette would actually have a drink and maybe enjoy himself a little bit while we were on this trip <laughs> and his vibe so i was like i have to make this happen are you saying that the og's a bit uptight maybe no i would never go <laughs> quite that far but <laughs> i just wanted him to come out of a shell just for taking one for the team. so yeah you're all welcome for that that wasn't that funny six hours later when he's half naked dancing on that speaker probably <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He kept his clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Six hours, heck, an hour I was in bed after that. Yep. No, but the bet was four steins for four shots of vodka. Yeah. Back to back. In water. Yeah, I well, think I there's still water. In there, he didn't but. stop debating the rules. It doesn't matter. It's I had to have four, and I he did. did it. You did do it. You did do it. You, you did. Uh, you were a champion. We got both, him on a both of you were champions. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was Use fun it. to see the designated adult <laughs> that drunk, and it was fun to see the other designated adult have a few drinks. And he was a champion, him. but I was the victor. <laughs> you were. You were. That's what we'll go with. Yeah, in my own mind. I got the video to prove it. Maybe I'll put that up later. Everyone can have a look it's at that. I still like to see that. So, well, you, you can. Same time as everybody that listens to Growing Up Fire. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for uh, sharing that with us. Thanks for being there. Thanks for uh, coming in and recording this with us. I think that, uh, you know, I love it so much and I talk about it so much. It's great to have other people uh, talk about it. And I think we can all agree that if you have the opportunity, if you can make the opportunity, that's Disneyland for firefighters. You should try to get out to FDIC. I've done it on my own several times now, and it's still worth it every time for me. So it's amazing. Nice. Love it. Okay, thanks everyone. That's Growing Up Fire, Season 3. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram, at Chief Coots, to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.